Welcome back, everyone. This is the Pendola Project. I'm your host, Matt Pendola. And I am Jake Parker. This is episode 56, your Monday motivation. Matt Pendola, happy Monday, man. How was your weekend? I'm good. I'm good, guys. I, I was telling last week, I believe in the last episode, we were talking about how we can make some time in our lives for things that are important to us, visualizing success. And I was visualizing doing this tournament with my daughter cornhole tournament which i had visualized winning (laughs) and i and i've never won i was two points away from victory against your eight-year-old daughter let's not we don't have to focus on the (laughs) eight-year-old we can't leave that part out two points away from victory and I tell you what, I had at one point a 10-point lead, so I was really squashing her. But, you know, she's just too good. I, I actually put on the board that uh, she needed to have PD testing done. So for those of you who don't know, that's performance enhancement drugs. Um, so, yeah, she ends up pulling a victory out somehow anyways, coming from behind, just hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. Just every single thing she did for like three sets in a row was all three pointers, just boom, 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 put herself back into contention. And then it came the closest, the narrowest victory she's ever had. But one of my bean bags, my corn bags, whatever you call them there, it almost fell into the hole. It was halfway in the hole and it just needed literally just that little extra vibration, even mm-hmm. just that little extra nudge. And that would have put me two points ahead or one point ahead, whatever it was, but it wasn't in the card. She came out with the victory. And yeah, I am requiring PED testing with her. <laughs> I mean, you got to keep it fair and she's obviously tougher than you are. So you got to make sure that she's not cheating. So she, she, she wrote on the scoreboard, big asterisk. She put no PEDs. <laughs> is, no. It, is it really weird that my eight year old knows what PED stands for? It's not, man. She's your daughter. And what do you expect? And that's why I'm not surprised that she won, because I think last time you mentioned you guys were playing and she's like, no. That I'm gonna win, and then she does. I think she's at least on creatine. I mean, there's something. There's something. Yeah. What are you feeding her, man? Well, that was one of the things that I was able to enjoy this weekend, in part because I had done a little bit of planning and preparation. In other words, my time management I feel like has gotten better since our original conversation about habits, helpful habits versus hurtful habits. So I was kind of actually reflecting a little bit on that and saying, man, I'm starting to really get my schedule down. I'm spending a lot more time. Actually, I took Mia to her gymnastics practice that earlier that day. And first day I was able to actually stay and watch her whole practice, Nice. which, um, yeah, I mean, I've gone to other things like for her martial arts and guitar lessons and horseback riding lessons. I mean, she does a lot of different things. This is with my schedule. It just so happens to be this first time that I was able to stay and watch her there and that's been really sweet to be able to start to spend more time and more time getting involved with these things that she's interested in which
which just means the world to me. What about you, Jake? How are you doing? Excellent, man. I had an interesting weekend. I am trying to take more time for myself on my weekends. In the past, I used to really take work home with me. And so Sundays and Saturdays, yeah, it's the weekend. I don't have to like go anywhere to do work today, but I was still working. I'm not trying to do that anymore. And this weekend, I, I broke through a pretty, pretty significant mental threshold. I went rock climbing, which I don't do very often. I'm, I'm really not very good at it. But I realized on the rock wall a while ago that I am deathly afraid of heights. And so you get halfway up this like 30 foot. I don't even know how tall you are. I think it's more than that. But we'll say 30 foot wall. And I would just get paralyzed with fear. And this weekend I got to the top. It was an easy run. But the old me would have given up and said, let me down. I, I can't do it because that fear would literally just like paralyze me. And then you're holding on so tight that your forearms just burn out and you you got no more to give. So I got to the top a couple times this weekend and I felt pretty cool about it. And the little kids that were next to me weren't laughing too hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's it seems so simple, right? Just get to the top, you're harnessed in. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, you're supposedly so totally safe, but your brain is like, no, man, you, you shouldn't be on this wall. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, no, that does take a lot of bravery, actually. And I've been in those kind of situations, too, where you're reminding yourself that you can't really get hurt, but it's still hard to reach for that next level. It's right? weird. Yeah. It's weird. It's like a it's like a survival instinct. Your your brain and body are just saying, stop this. What are you doing? But you know you're fine and so you can power through it. And then to me, the best thing you can do is do it again. Yeah. As, as soon as possible, if not that day, just do it again. Because um, I think, you know, here's kind of going into what we're talking about today, too, is how do we win, quote mm. unquote, at things. And when you're creating helpful habits or you're creating things in your life that are motivating you and giving you some positivity, I think that some of the issues that I've dealt with in the past is just a Assuming that means that now I'm always going to be able to do this. Mm -hmm. And then I'm disappointed when I have the same or a similar fear again and thinking, I thought I got through this, but now I'm dealing with it again. And it's uh, because I haven't done enough repetition maybe, or because I went too long before trying to do it again. Yeah. And that practice of constantly improving, you, you don't just get to a point where, okay, I'm, I'm the best now and it's going to stay that way forever. You've constantly got to be moving forward. Otherwise you, you will face you know setbacks like that, where you feel like you have to start over. But in a way I kind of like that. I, I like that as part of the process. And it's those daily or weekly or whatever, those habits that are that are serving that purpose. And we did an episode in the past. It was actually our sixth episode, episode six, about the power of daily habits and how that really can shape who you will be because of the things that you do almost subconsciously. Not all the times, but... Matt, today we're here because we wanted to talk about the next step in this progress tracker that we've been doing in these Monday Motivation episodes. And the next step after habit is mental flexibility. So I know what that means. Can you really quickly give me your, give me your elevator pitch? What's the importance of mental flexibility? Uh, well, yeah, putting me on the spot, man. Go. So I, I got to be mentally flexible and I've got to be able to adjust to this <laughs> situation. Practical exercise. I had no idea I was going to talk about this. Okay. Yeah. So mental flexibility to me, I have to use the quote from Les Nesbitt, which is there's no hill for a climber. Love that one. And so what it means to me is that when I have that mentality, that that hill in front of me is not an obstacle. 
it's there for me so that I can get stronger, so that I can get smarter, so that I can work a little bit more efficiently, but I have to expect that I'm going to have resistance in my life. And not only do I expect it, but I want it because that's going to help me get better. So if I see that hill and I'm disappointed because I thought it was all going to be flat and easy, then I'm probably going to be in for it and I'm probably going to be in for it often. But if I'm looking for that next hill actually and I want to get that challenge and I don't see that hill as a threat, right? So now I see things as opportunities. I don't see the obstacle. I see the opportunity. And I'm like, yeah, man, this is, this is happening for me right now. There are things in life that it's hard to see that that is that hill, that obstacle is there for you. But if you're really paying attention, it is. I agree, man. And that's what I get from Les's quote. There's no hill for a climber is it's about adapting and overcoming because if I'm looking at this obstacle and it's a hill and oh I just don't want to run up this hill I'm not that good at it you change your your mindset to something that empowers you so now I'm not going to run up this hill I'm going to climb this hill that's what it speaks to to me is being adaptable and therefore overcoming and then you learn how to do that and you'll no longer see these hills as impossible obstacles Yeah, so this is the second part that Les, he just actually had come up with a second part to this after years of just saying there's no hill for a climber. This morning, he blew my mind with a second part where he said, but it's a mountain for a quitter. Oh, Les, you're just dropping bombs on me. Right. And I know I know that uh, we talk about Les a lot, and he's been on our previous episode. What episode was that, Jake? That was episode 41. It's even in the title. There's no hill for a climber with Les Nesbitt. If you haven't listened to that one, you listener, go check out episode 41. You will hear the story of when Les encountered a polar bear. Yeah, so Les just got back to me with his full quote, which is, there's no hill for a climber, but there's a mountain for a quitter. I love it. So let's take a closer look at that quitting. It's interesting because I don't think we necessarily look at ourselves as quitters. Sometimes we even use excuses for why we're not accomplishing things, but we don't realize at the time that we're just using those excuses again and again, but yet expecting a different result. So even just looking at our own lives in our past, was it our parents' fault or was it our upbringing? Who else can I blame? uh, Right. You know, was it because, you know, this coach didn't care about me or, you know, these, all these things obviously do contribute to our overall, you know, who we see ourselves as, right? Who do you see yourself as? And of course, having the right influence and also having the right support can really make a difference. But ultimately, it's up to us. And when we're doing the same thing over and over, but we're not happy with our lives or what it is that we are doing in our lives, really, it's up to us to make those changes. And we have to start to realize that it is our doing that got us there, whether it's good, bad, or otherwise. And that's sometimes a hard pill to swallow, but I'm going to take myself as an example. When I was frustrated 
with, you know, there's certain aspects of my profession that I, I don't want to get too much into drama, but I am not always happy with the situations I have to deal with. And I was complaining a lot because of other people and namely coaches in my situation that I wasn't happy about. Well, so-and-so is saying this about me or, you know, so-and-so is affecting my athlete in this way. And because they're affecting my athletes in a negative way, especially, then that's when I got really emotional. And then I had all these reasons why this coach is just a terrible person or something. And it made me miserable because now I'm coming home and talking about that instead of being excited about what my athlete accomplished that day or what the programming is doing to serve that athlete. And I was starting to miss the point about what I was there for in the first place. So I had to really start to look at myself and say, okay, I'm not being mentally flexible here. I'm just looking at the negative. I'm focused on the negative, but I, yet I expect a different result and I keep blaming other people. But what I really need to do is take control of what I can control, help my athlete in the way that I can help them, serve them, but do things in a way that is going to produce a more positive result for that person. So I was just talking to one of my athletes about this a couple of years ago. I had been talking to her about her situation. I didn't feel like she was getting great direction from a coach at the time. And yeah, I won that battle, right? So there was this sort of argument that took place and I was right. And okay. I still say I was right. I was right. Okay. She she knows I was right. I know I was right. The problem is it didn't help her situation, mm. right? The, that other coach, well, that person still won the war because it didn't change anything. So I decided then and there that I was not going to do that anymore. And I was at least going to do my best not to do that anymore. You know, sometimes I got to feel for it a little bit. I'll say something. It's, I kind of regret it once I say it. And then you just try to learn from that and be more positive and just keep moving forward in the right direction. So I was just talking with that particular athlete just actually yesterday about that whole scenario and like, hey, do you remember that? And, and of course we started talking about mental flexibility. It was kind of on my mind for this podcast today. And she had given me some feedback just as a coach myself about how she interpreted all of that as an athlete. And you know, one of the things that she had said to me was, I respected you so much as a coach. You didn't need to say any of any of that. You didn't need to respond to any of that. I already knew what you stood for. I knew that you were there to help me, to serve me. It wasn't something that you needed to prove yourself on to me. So that just reminded me too, is that, Hey, you know, literally taking that higher ground and making sure that when you are putting yourself in those situations, it's for the right reasons. I think that taking the higher ground metaphor, whatever you want to call it, is powerful because that gives you the power again, whereas the the victim's mentality, you give up all of your power to create any change. And so all of a sudden, this this thing that started out as a small hill is now this mountain, and now you've got a way bigger problem. And so you're really going to have to practice some mental flexibility to get over what you've caused to 
be bigger than it needed to be. Yeah. So here's another example that I like to use. So essentially part of my vision for my business, Jake, was originally more to have those couple facilities and have enough trainers so that they're running things and the wheel is turning, but I'm not the one who's always doing the pedaling. Right. And that's when I met you was when you were at that phase and you you took me on as one of those trainers. Absolutely. And I would say that for a while, I probably was bitter about that entire experience. And then I had to stop and realize that it was all happening for me. I just had to see it in a different way and I had to learn from it. And what I realized was with some mental flexibility here, it wasn't easy for me, Jake, to admit that this was for a while an obstacle to me instead of helping me it was hurting me because I saw it as resistance because I saw it as poor me as saw myself as a victim I mean quite honestly Jake there was a while there where my trainers were living better than me right and that's obviously going to cause some kind of conflict in you as the owner of the business I mean, I, people were assuming that I was just making money hand over fist and don't get me wrong. I was, I was doing okay at times better than others, but I was doing okay. And I I wasn't jealous about one of my trainers doing well. I wanted everybody to do well, but I was still living under my stairs and there's, there's a lot of sacrifice I was making. And yet still every month there was that struggle to make sure all the bills were paid. And then finally we got ahead and then finally I got a decent year or so income wise and then the economy just really tanked. Oh I remember that was brutal for our industry. And so that's where I really had to look at this as a challenge and I started to see that this was all happening for me because I was putting myself in a position that I had to decide do I really want this do I want to be the best I can be at this do I have the passion to do this regardless of what the economy's like or how many clients I have or what the overhead's like, any of those things we can change with due diligence, with a plan, and with consistency. In other words, with the same things that I had learned to be successful as an athlete, I could use these things, but it might take a while in order to be successful, quote unquote. But along the way, I had to decide that there's no hill for a climber and I was going to get back onto the horse, so to speak. And I was going to put in this work all over again because it was a part of my fabric. It was a part of who I was as a person. And once I accepted that, things really started to get good. It didn't happen overnight, but I could see it. I could see it. And that's almost part of the next conversation we're going to have guys in the next podcast is going to be about excitement, but you know, that excitement, it can be fleeting that motivation, Monday motivation, right? It's, Mm -hmm. it's, this is a great thing, but we have to have a strong why and we have to have that vision so that we can keep moving forward. So we don't want to have a fleeting 
motivation or excitement. And in this case, I believe that mental flexibility is just before excitement for a reason because you have to back it with your flexibility. In other words, make the adjustments as needed and see things as happening for you. Making those decisions is what's, I think, imperative. When you make decisions that come from your why, you're always going to be right. It's really hard to go astray when you have a solid foundation on your why, your purpose, what is the whole reason behind it all. I love your example because that took some serious mental flexibility. I have an example just recently in the last couple months. I was working a lot and pretty stressed out and I started to continue this feedback loop telling myself, I can't do this right now because I'm stressed. And once I took a step back and realized that I was doing that, I was making it way worse than it needed to be. You know, yes, I was stressed and I had reasons for that, but my response to it was not optimal. And so as soon as I practiced that mental flexibility, I like the term reframing. Let's reframe this situation. Are you stressed? Yes. What can you do about that? Well, I can change the times that I do things and I can change the distractions like my phone and Facebook or whatever. And I can optimize my time better and all of a sudden what do you know matt i'm not as stressed anymore it's not perfect and like you were saying in your example it certainly is not an overnight solution but it's turning that mountain back into a hill that is once again climbable uh, that's, I like that, Jake. So mental flexibility can mean a lot of things in a lot of situations, but at least for us, I think the best thing we can do is kind of explain how it works in our lives and then please, you know, apply it to your own life in the way that works for you, but then share that story with us. We'd love to hear from you and get those emails telling us about your stories. There's some stories that we'd like to even potentially be able to share with our audience so they can learn to climb that hill too. So that story that you have may be serving others. Don't keep it to yourself. It's something you should be proud of. Share it with us, guys. So Jake, I think that when it comes to mental flexibility, though, there's there's a lot of interpretations, but a couple basic things we can look at is, first of all, how do we see ourselves? absolutely essential, man, because those stories that you tell yourself start to become beliefs and those beliefs are eventually put into action. And that's why this is such a foundational process is because you want it to be a positive action. Ah, so you said, I think an important part there is your beliefs, but everybody just thinks that that's positive. Mm -hmm. But if we're not careful over time, how we see ourselves can be negative and that belief that we once had in our potential, in our legacy, in who we want to become, over time, we start to see ourselves with more dings, with more defaults, with more blemishes, right? With more negativity. All of these things can start to change the way we see ourselves. And because we started to change the way we see ourselves, our decisions are no longer necessarily always the best for our legacy or for our potential. So I think that it's important to really take a look at that and realize that sometimes when you are in a situation that you really want to change, realizing that you put yourself there and being honest with yourself about that is the first step. Then say, okay, I'm going to choose to see myself differently. I'm going to choose to see this 
as an opportunity, not an obstacle. But Matt, that's hard. Maybe I'm used to and comfortable with seeing myself as negative, and maybe I really believe these things. And changing and reframing those negatives into positives—that's going to be—that's going to cause some tension in me, Matt. And I'm comfortable where I am. So yeah, getting back to my story about the gym, the mental flexibility was probably the turning point for me because I had originally gone into this occupation or this career path just with this vision of, man, I'm going to help people. I'm going to be that yeah, I mean, I thought of myself as a good role model maybe for athletes. I've been there, done that, but I can help you to do it better. But then also just thinking about how, wow, I mean, I just, I love doing this. This is not even a job. This is going to be just awesome. And you just think about how I don't just never even have to work again because I love this so much. And then realizing a few years in, oh man, I'm in debt. I'm in debt. The economy just got worse. I, my overhead is more than ever. I just had half my trainers that I put a lot of time and money into that left the facility because the economy is not doing well and you just feel so defeated and then realizing yeah I did this to myself I for example knew that I had tried to expand too much too soon I let my ego get in the way so first step was I'm going to put my ego leave my ego at the door start to make some necessary changes starting with me and you know it sounds so like looking at the man in the mirror kind of thing but it really was that and just getting down to my mentors if you guys have people in your lives that you really trust I'm sure you do talk to your mentors and and I got some feedback from some people that I really respected, but especially we were talking about Les, and that's why, again, there's no help for a climber. He is like a father to me. He's like uh, my daughter. He's her cool papa. Right? Awesome. So, you couldn't have a better cool papa. And you, you couldn't. You couldn't. And we just, uh, we love Les, but I, I probably owe more to Les than any other person that I've ever known because He's the one who also kind of called BS and put me, gave me that sort of father figure role where he would say, you know, look, you just keep complaining. Stop complaining to me about this. This is not going to get any better. It's not going to change, right? What, what else are you going to do? Which is a really hard lesson if you're finding it out on your own. So it can be helpful if you have somebody to point that out for you. It stings. It doesn't feel great in the moment. But if you can work through that and then use it, it can help you. Yeah. So, you know, he's, I remember just having this conversation way back with Les. I think we're out on a hike, getting him ready for a hunt, you know, so, so we're out and we had a long time to talk. And I remember just being so frustrated because I'd kind of made it with the business, but then it was back down to a scary level. And I didn't know if I was going to make another year and everything I've just discussed. And Les was like, oh, boo-hoo you had a plan and it changed and things are different now so so what so that's life you don't you, you don't get that what, what else in your life have you done that just went according to plan perfectly according to plan absolutely nothing worth attaining that's what really stuck with me because he's saying like what have you attained that you're really really proud of that went according to plan and thinking about that i was like 
nothing. Wow. It all changed on me, but I just wanted it so bad. I kept working for it. And then he's like, yep. So what are you doing? Less Papa Bear with that knowledge. Oh, it's painful, but it's a painful truth. I hate to admit it, but you know he he likes to just remind me about how important he is in my life. But he is, and without him, I don't think I would have well any any of the success, whatever you call that success. But you know, every time for me, obviously, I'm going to just flat out say that yes, it's important that we make enough money. We make enough money, we're going to be able to support our family, and I want a house for my family to live in, you know, those things are still important. So I don't, you know, I'm not going to pretend like money is important, but honestly, with all those things monetarily enough, sure, we could always get more. We could always want more. Um, that's, that's okay. Depending on how many things in your life that you really feel like you need versus what you want. And that's a part of the mental flexibility conversation as well. So for example, Les is that guy that was still driving the same old truck and wearing his same old sweating, disgusting t-shirt with a <laughs> hole in the middle of it after four years of training with me. And I finally broke down and bought him a Pandola training with there's no hill for a climber quote in the back. And he finally started wearing that instead of that thing. And I think I threw it away. Good. Here you go, Les. So, hint, hint. Yeah. I wanted to burn that thing for <laughs> So, so that's just an example, though, about how it gave me as a young man also a view on here's a guy who's got everything and he could certainly have the, the nicer things, but his ego is at the door. He doesn't really care to show those things off. Not to say it's bad if you do it. Like if you've earned it and you want to, you want to get a new Porsche or whatever, you know, you want a Tony Stark car, go get it. Go you've ahead. earned it. It's yeah. you, if that's, if that's important to you, go for it. It just wasn't important to Les. And I just kind of found over time and maybe because I was looking up to Les so much, those things became less important to me. And again, I'm not judging that if you like those things, that's, that's awesome. Especially if you've earned it, then go get it. Right. But for me, it was more about the opportunities that I could have. And then looking at just, you know, security wise, I'm, I feel good that we are in a position where we don't worry about how we're going to, you know, buy groceries or whatever. So for me, that's being, that's rich, right? And that's mental flexibility helped get me there. But the other part is also incredibly important, if, if not the more important aspect, which is that because of the mental flexibility that I was taught by Les and other mentors like Mike Stoker around me, that I was now able to start to make the changes necessary to have the life I wanted to live without the excuses anymore. So now we fast forward to my life now, I can go and adjust my schedule so that I can do this podcast, so that I can write my first ebook, so that I can work on my online training and videos. But most importantly, quite honestly, as much as I really do want to be the best coach I can be for everybody out there. It's so that I can spend the time to watch my daughter in her gymnastics practice. And that is what I've been able to do because of this mental flexibility. And that's something that I just could never, ever put a price tag on. That is, for me, the pinnacle of having a rich life. 
I think that's a really pure why and an obviously good motivator for me. Matt, I have to give some props to my friend Doug. He has helped me immensely in my mental flexibility, and I used to view myself, like we started this podcast, as the stereotypical victim. Everything's happening to me. The world is so cruel to me. And Doug taught me that everything that has led me to this point served a purpose. And that was a big mental flexibility tool and practice for me because I didn't see it that way for a long time. I resisted it. After really meditating on that, though, I I realized how those mountains were really just hills that I was meant to climb. So to sum this up, Jake, I think that with mental flexibility, I just it's in my mind that I want to stress anyway, that it doesn't mean that I didn't do things necessarily the right way. For a long time, I know I didn't. I just chose to start to see things differently. I chose to use that hill as an aid, not an obstacle. And that's all well and good, and that sounds good on the mic, but I think that let's have a takeaway here. There was plenty of times, with even with the best mental flexibility, I had to do things I didn't want to do Sure. Right? It's just things that I knew needed to be done. And so this this sounds like probably every person ever, but I'm going to say it anyways, is I've, I've had plenty of jobs to get me to my current position in my life that I got through so that I could pay the bills and eat. And everybody's been there. Everybody's done that. Everybody's done something that they didn't love doing, but it's a part of the process. And then even finally getting to that career that you know you want, that you know that you deserve, and you're willing to put in the work, and you're finally there, and then realizing there's still more compromises that I have to make. And I don't agree with that whole, like, don't compromise, you know, no, everybody has to compromise to a certain level. I don't think like morally you should compromise. Don't get me wrong, but there's certainly even within my own business, there was plenty of things that I had to do. And let's just take something as simple as cleaning the toilets, right? I was so happy when we got busy enough that I didn't have to clean my own facility. And my original business manager, Chad Sweet, and I, we used to clean the facility. And that was after I was working all week. Seven days a week I worked, and I still had to clean the facility. And I was talking about you trainers, no offense, but <laughs> you guys didn't have to clean, scrub the toilets. No, I, I did. did not. Chad did, right? Yep. He was, he was uh, on, well, he was my best friend. So I think he helped me out more than he needed to because he didn't want to have me suffer by myself, which was, I'm forever in debt to Chad too. But I would say that getting finally to the point where I could hire a cleaning staff. I remember we were both so happy about that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. And then again, you know, the economy tanked. I lost my trainers. I had too much overhead. I, I never, I never went into debt. I always paid the bills, even though we didn't have the same income coming in. I did pay the overhead for a couple more years, barely, but I always figured it out. And I just basically didn't make profit anymore for a couple years. And in that time period, I was back to scrubbing the toilets. 
and for even more space, right? So this is this is kind of where I like to maybe finish off with is that the mental flexibility, the decisions there, it's not like I just never had to go backwards. And that in my mind, I was going backwards again, but really I had to just choose to see that as an opportunity that, okay, yeah, I don't want to ever have to scrub these toilets again, but if I focus now on the clients that I do have, on the athletes that I do have, and I do the best I can to help to serve them to get to their goals, I know that the word of mouth will travel just like it did before. I know that it'll grow. And this time I know not to get too big too soon. Or in my personal opinion, my decision there was not to get that big again. I wanted to be able to keep the overhead low and just really enjoy the process with my athletes. And I got back to my roots, by the way, where because I didn't have as many trainers and because I got smaller, I was the one coaching again, training again more. And that's actually what made me happier. So it all happened for a reason, circling back to that. So I owe a lot of my present to my past and being grateful for the hill, quote unquote, that I had to climb and and being grateful for that hill that I had to climb as an aid, not an obstacle, Jake. I think it helps if you can make friends with those hills, make friends with your struggles, make friends with your demons because they're all there to serve you. And look at where you are now, Matt, and you're doing what you feel like you are supposed to be doing through all of that. Could you have seen that happening at the end? You know what? You say look at me now, but really look at us now. This is like when I when I look across at you and when I first met you, you were just that young kid working the front desk. But yeah, but yeah, look at you now and look at what we've been able to do together because of our past together. Yep. We have been able to do something right now in the present that is helping a lot of people. And I never saw that years ago. Certainly not. No. And and I, when I left the gym, I thought that, you know, I was done. You thought, I'll never see that guy I'll again. I'll never see you again. And then I called. Jen, oh, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> Thought you got rid of me. We're back. We're back. And and we're back, Jake, better than ever. So, hey, mental flexibility, great thing to start to look at in your life. How can you turn those obstacles into aids? How can you start to see yourself differently making decisions every day to fail forward? I mean, I can keep going with all of these different analogies. Listen to all of our, if you haven't listened to all of our podcasts, do it. Start to backtrack and listen because every podcast, if you notice, really does kind of feed off of another one. And it's not by accident. It's because it's all part of our culture. And And I'm so grateful to be able to share that with you, Jake. Same to you, buddy. And to you listening to this, we hope that this is serving you. We hope that you can take this into your own life and apply it. So take those hills, climb them because there is no hill for a climber and send us an email about it because honestly, I love reading your emails. I love the stories, Matt. I know you do too. Pendolaproject at gmail.com. And yes, we are on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, man. And remember, every day, not just today, is your chance to climb that hill. Thanks for listening.